0: 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to bambles and she was heavy laden The way we went to Lankol Street, would sweep that on the road to bleeding oh!
1: Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 77. I am your host, Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. And we are previewing spurs on this glorious podcast. And luckily, I'm not doing this by myself because I will put all of you to sleep. So to keep you awake, I bring you the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newcastle Brunson.
0: What it do, baby? We are out here in these streets. Uh, ready to preview yet another Newcastle United match. Um, one in which if Steve, Bruce is lo- if Steve Bruce loses, he will get fired. Bruce is loose? The Bruce is loose. If he loses, he'll get fired. It's a fact. You can follow me on the Twitters for more hot takes like that. At Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, Greg, where can the people follow you?
1: Well, they can follow me like I just said. But actually, the most important thing is follow the, the podcast. I
0: didn't even realize you said that you. you yeah. Said I, honestly, that's how this this shows you how much I pay attention to Greg. I didn't yeah. even notice that in his intro he said that he might not have said it. We'll check the tape on that. Please yeah, we, tweet can, at we can us. Wind it back. Yeah, I'm, please tweet I'm, at us if he said it because I don't think he said it. So
1: yeah. Um. So, but follow the podcast at chn underscore radio and on that. Ladies and gents, we need five five star reviews. If you if we can get to thirty five five star reviews, then we got something special coming for you, and it's going to be a giveaway.
0: Well, you can't say we got something special coming for you, and then you just tell everyone what it is. You're supposed I'm, to be like, oh, I'm, we'll I'm get you guys a giveaway. A I'm not saying what it is. Oh, okay. Well, we're giving away three tickets to see Elijah Newsom do stand up at the Improv.
1: Okay, so it's a giveaway, but it's going to be way better than that. Oh, wow, that's um, man. That's <laughs> so hard. we need we need thirty. Once we hit thirty-five five-star reviews on iTunes, then we will enact and enable the giveaway. So that's That's our challenge to you. Let's get it done. Um, it will be. It's going to be glorious. Mm. Do you have anything on that?
0: Uh, If you're not following the NUFC account, you're a fool. Yes. That that as well.
1: Certified.
2: Mm.
0: Get us verified. Get us verified on Twitter, too. (laughs) I don't really know how that works anymore now that they got rid of the whole verification application. So I think you just tweet at Twitter until they verify you. Be like, at Twitter, at Twitter. So everyone just go at Twitter. They have a
1: verified account. I know that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, we'll just at verified and at Twitter. Do both of those.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's get into some club news. There wasn't a, a ton to talk about, but the first thing I'll start with is a question to you, Elijah. Um, Sky Sports put out an article, says, Can Steve Bruce be blamed for how Newcastle started? And I just wanna direct that question straight to you. Can he be blamed for that?
0: Yes. That was that was kinda that was kind of a dumb question, Sky. Well, that's a really dumb
1: can question. you can you please elaborate?
0: Can Steve Bruce be blamed for a poor start this season? Yes, because even though Steve Bruce did not have fair warning of what players he would get, or like you know he didn't really have a say in who he would buy, he would at least know one thing, and I think I I would expect for him to know at least one thing, and that's at least how to field a competent formation to suit the players he's been given. Um, I think we all knew, our, we, I guess outside of Emile Kraft, we all knew the transfer signings that were coming in to Newcastle this season. Um, it was no surprise that we got Alan St. Maxman or Joel Linton because we've been chasing them for months. And so they should, They definitely told Bruce this in advance. And I just, I'm just confused to how we aren't using these guys and, and putting them in the best positions to succeed. And on top of that, um, our midfield looks like it doesn't, it doesn't know how to play together. There's no connection between defense and attack. And these are all things that, like, come down to tactics and being a, a manager that's able to, um, how do I say this, uh, communicate your tactics to your players and not have them come on the pitch not knowing where they're supposed to play or come on the pitch and be moved to move from left wing back to center mid or from center mid to right wing it's just there's there's a lot that has to be addressed and it all does fall on steve bruce's shoulders i don't even know why the sky would put out such a ridiculous article
1: well i I think so i have a contrary point as to why they put it out it's because it's not his fault it's mike Ashley's.
0: okay sure
1: um and that's that's where the blame should be i mean Imagine if you if we had a competent owner and a competent technical director to where maybe we signed Joelinton and then kept Rondon and Rondon chose Joelinton the ropes and you bring him on solely as a sub to like grow him up or same with like any young promising player. <laughs> like
0: yeah, I, mean, I, I see what you're saying. Instead of just saying. throwing
1: him in the deep end. It's, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, but it's like, terrible. yeah, you. There's so much that you can actually blame on Steve Bruce. That's that's easy to do, but I'm it's it's kind of weird how people are so like protesting the club, and then I keep seeing these Bruce out things and sack Bruce. Like, if we fired Steve Bruce, what do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not in that boat. <laughs>
0: I'm just I just I'm just slightly annoyed that like we have writers who seem like writers on our, like both journalists in the Newcastle sphere, and then writers on our site who were literally fans who do this for fun that seem to have a better idea of how to tactically set up Newcastle than Steve Bruce. I think that's what's annoying to me, is that like this guy, I mean, I don't care his record. He's managed at the top level, and I would expect for him to at least be able to scout his own team well enough to field out a somewhat competent team, and he just hasn't done that. So that's why I'm mad. I mean, I obviously know that it all falls on Mike Ashley, but I mean we've been blaming Mike Ashley for years and nothing has changed. So I'm in the boat of like, yeah, every if you're if you have a brain, obviously Mike Ashley's the source of this, but if I want to look at the last two matches and a direct result, I'm gonna say Newcastle looked bad because they had no like tactical plan and that falls on the manager. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. I think that there's plenty of there's plenty of teams where they've they've rotated in new guys and they've done well. I mean, Denny Ceballos had two assists in his Arsenal debut. Like, I get the whole, let's not throw the young player into the deep end. But literally Arsenal did that. They threw a young player into the deep end and he got two assists. I'm not expecting Joel Linton or Alan St. Maxman to to get two assists in their debut or to score two goals in their debut. But I'm at least expecting the manager to put them in the right position and give them the right opportunities to do so. And they don't even have that.
1: Yeah. Pretty trash. Yeah. It definitely is. Um, Okay, so we'll move to the next thing is if something does happen and Steve Bruce gets canned. David Ginola,
0: uh, pass.
1: He wants to manage Newcastle. He admitted it.
0: I mean, just, who cares? He, he hasn't managed a club ever. I don't know if that that makes us better than Steve Bruce. I mean,
1: yeah, that's what, that was literally going to be my question.
0: Like, no. I mean, I don't care. You got your license. Whoop-de-do. I mean, managing the lower leagues first, and then come talk to us. I, I don't want to that that's like even worse than putting a player in the deep and is taking a guy who's literally never managed a team ever and throwing him straight into the Premier League. I just I don't even know. Even even Patrice Patrick Vieira, I don't know, I said Patrice Vieira. Vieira started in like I mean, he started in the MLS and he, even before then he was an assistant at places. So I don't know. Just whatever.
1: You wouldn't take it? No. If we fired Steve Bruce and we hired a former legend,
0: you we'd be relegated. We'd be relegated.
1: Well, yeah, that's what happened with Shearer.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, like it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, let's do it again. Let's hire a club legend and get relegated. Like,
1: sick. Um, what what about? I mean, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna go down anyway, you might as well do it.
0: No, nothing you're saying, nothing about what you're saying is gonna make me change my stance on this. David Janola, stay the hell away from managing Newcastle United for at least three seasons. That's my take on that. It's not changing.
1: Interesting. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, it would have been nice. Like, like we loved seeing Rafa put the glasses in the pocket. Like, I'd love to see David throw his fingers through his hair,
0: or put it in a bun
1: at the end. Oh, see. Yeah. Now, now you have to be a little bit more interested.
0: No, I'm not. I'm just. I'd love to see him put him a bun. Uh, you know, managing. Uh, Dagnum and Red Redbridge, manage them. Do them. Okay. I mean, don't don't manage Newcastle when we're fighting for to stay in the Premier League.
1: Now, what if he keeps us up?
0: Then sick.
1: <laughs> Fire him and
0: get Pep Guardiola.
1: <laughs> yeah. Easy transition there.
0: Yeah. That'd um, be sick.
1: So, there's more news. Oh, yes. Yeah. I just added it. Lazar might be heading overseas. Do I believe it? No. Elijah, you're up.
0: Well, maybe. Fiorentina, they have the funds, too. They're in a weird situation. Um, that's one of the clubs Acroft's linked to. Um, they just signed Frank Rivery. So I don't really know what their transfer strategy is. So it's it's a situation where the team might not have a strategy and but has the money, so they might be dumb enough to actually make this happen. I'm not getting my hopes up, but I wouldn't be as shocked if it happens.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I would know. be shocked if he goes to... To Fiorentina.
0: Well, anyway.
1: Just because, like, that's a decent, that's a top 10 Serie A side, and he's a Serie B player.
0: Well, maybe. Well, bottom
1: bottom Serie A.
0: Yeah. Maybe they think they can, I mean, I don't know, Monaco signed Bureka and kept him around. So (laughs) there's, uh, there's a place in Europe for bad left backs. Maybe you should just go to Monaco. Yeah. His career just dies there.
1: Wow, that was a great day in Wembley, Nathaniel Oh, yeah. Um, the next news is our food bank hero, St. Gucci Max.
0: Yeah, St. Gucci Max, a man of the people. Not in training, but uh, that's okay. He was at the food bank. Um, and St. Saint, Saint I, I, you, I have to give it to him St. Gucci Max, and we did mention this um, in previous pods, he's setting himself up to just be the most likable guy. In at, at the team on the team, and um, <laughs> and I think that it's working. And I think that like I'm I just definitely am not mad when I watch him play any over dribbles because I'm like, oh, well, he's a good guy, so it's like, whatever. And so it's working. So I'm on your plan, Saint Gucci Max. It's working. Um, I don't, I'm not frustrated watching you play, even though there are times where I should be frustrated,
1: yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm glad. I'm glad he's he seems to be liking it. I know the crowd is all over it, and he's Graham's friend.
0: Yeah, and he's he's in the exact opposite situation he was back when he was at Nice. Because like, it seems like he has no beef with Steve Bruce. I mean, no one has beef with Steve Bruce because he's 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 like he's like a a house dad. He's not real. He's not a real manager apparently. So he, there's no beef with this manager. Everyone loves him. No one wants him to leave. He's living his best life. And, I mean, shout-out to St. Gucci Max.
1: Yeah, shout-out. Um, and to possibly his next game. It, I mean, it could be this weekend. We'll get into that. But if not, it could be the League Cup. The lowest crowd under Mike Ashley could see St. Gucci Max play against Leicester. Do you really think? So they're reporting... Uh, that about 15,000 people are expected to be at the match against Leicester in the second round of the Carabao Cup. So that includes, if if it is 15, that includes however many Leicester supporters are going to come. So I would say at least 3,000. So that means, do you really think that 12,000 fans will show up?
0: I think it's easier for fans to boycott Cup matches, especially the Carabao Cup, than it is for Premier League matches. I mean, I think no matter what, uh, le- what part of the world you're in, I think there's always going to be league matches that are going to hold precedent over domestic cup matches. And I mean, shout out the U.S. Open, cause that's U.S. Open Cup, cause that's the prime example of that. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if that few few many people um showed up. But my guess is going to be it's going to be thirty thousand. I mean, double. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I don't know. Those walk-up sales maybe. I just don't yeah. think Newcastle fans are capable of of not filling a stadium. Yeah. They could be in literally the, like we were in the championship and we broke we we broke our season attendance record in the championship. We got we got like past 1 million fans like 3 fourths of the way through the season.
1: I, yeah, but you can't compare that. You can I mean, I can't. I'm just can't. saying
0: that like Regardless of the situation we're in, Newcastle fans are gonna show up. That's just my personal vendetta, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't I I don't disagree with that at all. Um Two of Four. I mean, yeah. I, I it's definitely easier, especially if it's a Tuesday night, it's a cup match.
0: I won't be watching it. I'll be at the Atlanta United open cup final. You're welcome. So oh, I'll, just, I'll watch it. Oh, well, you wa- wait, time out. Don't, I'm stupid. Those will be at different times, so I'll probably watch it, actually, because it'll be in the afternoon in America. Well, yeah, America. I mean, unless
1: yeah. you're, like, all day tailgating, but...
0: Well, I have to work still. As um, I mentioned that I'm going to be watching this at work. Hopefully, none of my, my boss doesn't hear this.
1: <laughs> or anybody that works at Snitches. I mean, but we it will have three the, TVs in our office. It'll be on at our 1230 our your office. time.
0: We have 3 T te- oh that's lunch it's fine. We have 3 TVs yeah. in our office so that are always on showing ESPN and like we watch the Ocho that whole day. Like so I'm I'm not really concerned at all. So I'll just there be watching are. that. It'll be fun though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I'll, I'll see I'm interested to see what the crowd does. Let's get into it. Obviously it was a slow week for news. Um so we're going to get into Spurs now and we're going to do that right after this break. Okay, to Spurs we go and just as a reminder before I really dive into it, get us to 35 five star reviews on Apple podcast/ iTunes. you can go it's so easy to do it takes like five seconds and then if we get to 35, you wonderful people will be part of a giveaway. Um, and we'll explain more when that when that time comes. But yeah. Elijah. Mhm. We're playing Spurs. <laughs> we are. Just just what do you think like we need to pick me up. We need a big a big win, hopefully an easy opponent. The football gods give us Spurs.
0: Hey, we knew this going into the season. You said this would be our toughest stretch. You called it out everything so far. Greg, you're you're two for two on just predicting the first ten games of the season uh, because you said that we wouldn't win against Arsenal. And then you said that we would drop a, what should have been a gimme match against Norwich. So, Greg, you're on track, and you did say this would be a tough stretch, and this is the next part of that tough stretch. There's nothing you can <laughs> this, really do.
1: This actually is the very next part of that pretty tough stretch that we've been talking about. <laughs> um, Elijah, how do you think we did against Spurs last year?
0: Um, I know we lost two. We lost both times against them.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Uh, you remember that time we did the season preview?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was like
0: <laughs> two weeks ago. So my memory's not that bad. Now ask me again when we play them in like January, and then I'll probably say like, oh, we probably drew one or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we lost both. Um, it's it's it hasn't been good recently against Spurs, and you know, obviously they've been doing well, pretty well with themselves um yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be another tough one spoiler spoiler alerts let me speak jesus all right so we'll start with our like lineups and injuries i'll just go over some of that and then if you can go from there and give me your lineup predictions predictions alive okay so son is available for selection he served as three match band um, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to play or not. I think he'll at least play 30. So that sucks for us. Um, it, like, I, I, I'm assuming he'll place either LaMilla or Mora, but both have both scored in the last match against Man City. So it should be interesting to see how they manage that whole situation.
0: Yeah, but Poch hates playing Mora if he doesn't have to.
1: Yeah, that's like the
0: theme of last season. It was like Lucas Moore is available, and they just like did everything but possible until the entire Spurs like attack was injured until they had to play Moura. It was like absolutely comical.
1: Yeah, Juan um, Foyth is still hurt. His ban ended, but he's injured. Um, Deli Ali's not going to play. Ryan Sessegnon's not going to play. Ben Davies probably not going to play. Vertonghen was on the bench for Man City. So I think that that might be something that we might be able to see him. But who knows? Uh, that's my side thoughts on Spurs. On our side, Yedlin, Lejeune, and Asu definitely out. Carroll's out. Um,
0: what? Andy Carroll injured? What? <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, that's. I think that's everything, right? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know can, the status Gale, of St. Gucci Max
0: is still is can't he, play.
1: Jack Colbach probably won't play. And yeah. St. So, Gucci Max is doubtful.
0: Doubtful. That's what I thought. He hasn't been in training and he's got a hammy injury. Um But
1: Bruce did say some positive things about him. So like him being in contention, so
0: I mean, here here's the lineup I would love to see is go with the five in the back. Um with, uh, let's see, um, Richie. Uh, let's get it back there. Um, Lascelles and Share, uh, who Share didn't really have a great game last time. Last time out, just saying. N- granted, no one did, but just throwing that out there. Um, Javi Mankio is right back. Um, Kraft needs, he needs a couple more matches underneath his belt in order to adjust Premier League. I, I do realize I went a little hard on him in the Norwich review. Um, no one really called me out for it, but I just want to call myself out on it, on it, retroactively. I did go a little bit hard on him. First Premier League match. Not everyone's first match, their debut goes as perfectly as, uh, as, as, as others, so, um, I still think he needs a couple matches. I think Javi Manquillo is our most informed fullback at the moment in general. I said it. Um, and I want to see two in the midfield. Give me Sh- Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden um, because I think one thing I noticed, and Zach Pensack brought up in his, his podcast, shout-out to Zach. I know he listens to this. Um, John Joe Shelby, like, as a midfielder, has a tendency to not – like how do I say this without sounding like a dick – he doesn't really work as hard as our other midfielders. It's kind of frustrating to see because he's brilliant when he's on the ball and he's brilliant going forward. But like, it feels like we're at a disadvantage sometimes when we play three mid- three midfielders and he's one of the three because like he doesn't particularly step up well enough um, when 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 defending. He's not really getting interceptions. He's not really putting in the work defensively that you'd like to see that I know that Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden have been doing. So I think that like there's a there comes there has to be a time where Steve Bruce has to sit down John Joe and tell him he has to be better. And I think that's one reason John Joe didn't enjoy Rafa's Rafa's very upfront about like, hey, you're not good enough at the moment to be in the squad. And he's loving Steve Bruce because pretty much John Joe is able to do whatever he wants. I know that might be a hot take, but who cares? Um, I mean, I'd love to see a front three, ideally, um, with St. Gucci Max and Almeron and, and Joel Linton. But what's really going to happen is John Joe Jovey is going to start and we're going to get Almeron and, and Joel Linton up top with having no idea what they're doing together, having no sense of direction or no sense of tactical awareness or tactical instruction. And it's going to be an absolute nightmare. So there you go. Those are my thoughts. I had to give in my my opinion about John Joe um, I know it's going to upset some people, but who cares?
1: I don't. I don't think it will really upset. A lot of people were talking about that this week. About that, especially Chris Woff, our oh. most recent guest, uh, said that you know Shelby's our laziest midfielder, and you know if we're not going to replace him, we need to find a way to put him in the back of our midfield formation just to ping the balls downfield. Um, you can't put him in an active spot, and one of our and part of our review. Against Norwich, we saw both Hayden and Shelby running down the right wing, which is not something that you want, even though Hayden proved that he could still, like, he should have had an assist. Former
0: right back for Rafa Benitez, Isaac Hayden.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty much in in agreement with your lineup. I, I would start Kraft over Mikio. Um Really?
0: Yeah. Manquillo had a good match, first match out, and Kraft had a terrible match. Kraft was absolutely god awful. He wasn't even good in defense. He got absolutely embarrassed multiple times by like let's let's be real beer league wingers. Like he just it was just a shock for him. At least Manquillo's able to hold his own. That's all I'm saying. I'm just. I mean, I I'd like just... to
1: see what what Kraft would do against Arsenal's B team. So.
0: I mean, um, he didn't do well against Norwich's A team, which is essentially Arsenal's C team. Well, I don't think there's a single player in Norwich's squad that would make the bench in Arsenal's squad.
1: Well, we'll have. To, I mean, that's my opinion. I think Craft. I mean, yeah, that
0: Mankio. that. I mean, I know. And Greg, I agree with you. I think Craft's a better right back than Mankio. I just think he needs time to adjust, and he's not ready to play. Full ninety minutes on a consistent on a consistent basis. Let's I think he start needs him to be, and have
1: him play sixty.
0: I'm just saying he needs to be eased in. Nah,
1: that's all I'm saying, which
0: is what there. you said about Joel Linton and Alan St. Maximin. And I'm and we actually have a we're actually in the position where we can do that with a player. No,
1: no, no, we're not. Manchego is not somebody you put a younger player underneath to to groom. That's well, I'm know, not saying groom. Not, I'm just exactly saying like not what I said about. Okay, that's Rondon fair. I'm just
0: saying that <laughs> I I just don't think Kraft has been good enough so far to warrant him starting again. I think he had an absolutely awful small, match.
1: I think you're jumping the gun on a very small sample size.
0: I am jumping. I said that. I literally said. I, I started off my entire I started off my line by saying I gave Kraft a lot of crap and it was undeserved as his debut, but I do think he needs some time to adjust. He literally came into the squad with less than a week of training. Like, I mean, yeah, granted, now he has
1: wait, more than a week of training. So he's and he
0: and <laughs> I, I say, give him one more week. I don't think throwing him into the fire against Tottenham is going to do him any better than throwing him into the fire against Norwich, where he struggled. Like, what you want to see him struggle again against Tottenham? I mean, yeah. Okay. Figure it
1: out. Like we might as well figure it out in games that we have a very small chance of winning, than have him figure it out against Norwich on the road.
0: Well, yeah, I I, I guess we agree there. I don't think he should have started. I was shocked that he was even in the team, but lo and behold here he is
1: that that could show that he's just definitely better than That's why he started
0: I mean but. but it's also Steve Bruce who who has a winger who is wearing the number ten and just doesn't know how to use the player like i I, I well, mean I don't I don't true. know it's like i I can't tell if Steve Bruce is just like. I don't know what his plan is, and I think that's concerning, but I don't don't know. I mean, he didn't even ask for Kraft. Like, he he didn't ask for any of these. He asked for Andy Carroll. Like, that's it. So I don't even know if he's done his homework on these players. I mean, I'd hope so.
1: Yeah. Well, I would start Kraft. Um, And then, so let's let's move to, like, (laughs) what would Newcastle have to do to beat Spurs on the road?
0: I I mean, I don't... uh, (laughs) <laughs> here, here. let's start with have clear tactical instructions. Let's, let's start there. Let's yeah. start with the basics. Let's have a formation that everyone knows their role and everyone's able to play within their role to a somewhat competent level. If we start there, there's maybe a hope that we can finish this season in 17th.
1: What Newcastle needs to do to win against Spurs is have Miguel Almaron Absolutely embarrassed Musa Soko.
0: I mean, I, you could that, say that.
1: That's, that's the matchup that I would go at.
0: That's true. And I would also say, I mean, if you can get, and this is something that we'll say Miguel is somewhat good at and has a decent track record of. It. If you can draw some fouls and get some set piece goals. Or potentially even just using your trickery and, and and pure pace of Miguel and possibly Joel Linton. I mean, I think Joel Linton goes down a little bit harder than Miguel. But if you could draw a red in this situation, then sure. I mean, you've you've got a shot. But yeah. I think that's our best shot. Is
1: in, is in my like? I guess my vision of the formation if we have like Almiron, Longstaff, and Richie on that Sissoko side of the field, um, you could. You know, then they would they would match you up with probably like some combination of like Sosoko, Winks, Alder, Wild, Walker, yeah. Peters. I think is how it lines up. Yeah. Um. Like we're not going to beat those players with ours, but we're gonna we could beat Sissoko <laughs> and it's get safe. closer just from that. I mean, that's I'm just trying to poke holes. Um. The good thing is if if Amaron is going to play on the top two, less of a chance of that happening because he's going to be sitting too far, too deep into Spurs' defense. But if he's playing like a true 10, then that's that's where I would attack.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure.
1: (laughs) You can tell there's not a ton of optimism uh, on this podcast right now.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, hey, well, Greg, I just thought of something. It, it kind what? of goes back to the lineup things. I mean, at this point, if you're going to try out a new formation, it's possible that you could see Matt Ritchie go back to a winger role and Jetro Williams play that left wing back spot. Something to keep an eye out on. I don't know if it would happen because. Bruce seems very traditional and like, pretty much having a sub for every single player. Instead of recognizing that he's got versatile players, he's like, well, I need a backup left back, I need a backup center back, I need a backup right back on the bench, I need a backup another center back, and then we'll get a backup midfielder and a backup attacker. Instead of, like, oh, let's put our best players on the bench and then figure it out from there so we can tactically sub them in. That's not the way Bruce is, is operating things. So, But it would be interesting to see, like, if Bruce would experiment with the front three and potentially put um, Richie up top in an effort to get uh, more numbers on the counter because it doesn't seem like Newcastle are good at transitioning on the counter with this three, midfielder, three midfield role um, like right now as it stands. Um, yeah. A lot of the times you're seeing guys not joining on the attack. It'll be like Joel Linton by himself and then Almiron sprinting 60 yards down the field to join him and then like John Joe and Hayden are jogging behind and it's like there's nothing to do there so at least having three up top creates sort of counter counter counterattacking opportunities but then again that's that's Bruce doing something that would make something somewhat so that would make some sort of sense and I don't I don't have faith that he'll even do that so it was a it was a pipe dream maybe I'll do it in FIFA
1: (laughs) maybe um the players that we need to look out for on Spurs I mean, What's your choices?
0: Um, I think Ndombele is really coming he into his took own. Mine. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. You I was, was asking to a
1: lot. It. Spoil? Well, not spoiler. Um, a little insight. I was like Elijah. How do you pronounce? Is it Ndombele? I was so I was off. I was. Bad. But okay. But yeah. But okay. Go
0: ahead. I'll be real. I think <laughs> this could be a match in which Spurs uh, try to get some guys back to health and uh, not back to health, but up to speed because like newcastle are so bad Poch has to know that this is the time a squad uh, this is a, a match you could potentially rotate and so i'd like to see if they start Los uh i think that would be interesting to see and see how he operates um that'd be someone to watch out for as well um someone to watch out for on an interesting sign of like how they'll respond is harry kane hasn't had a pretty bad match against man city he kind of was absent it was like it looked like a player who didn't really want to be there, so we'll see how he responds. I think that's another player I'll be paying attention to as well.
1: Yeah, and Double mm-hmm. for sure. He was against Man City.
0: He was so good. That he what a signing he is, man. <laughs> He's so good.
1: Oh. Um, yeah, that's that would be my number one, especially and it's just in the worst position for Newcastle right now. Yeah,
2: that's true. Um,
1: if if anybody has good like CDMs, like we're screwed. Uh, yeah. The way, it, well, at least what it's been looking like uh, so far. So, it, yeah, I'm not liking him and wings. If him and wings start, uh, it could be pretty ugly.
0: I mean, even if us. a team has central midfielders right now, they're better than <laughs> Newcastle. Like Norwich <laughs> had less Elias midfielders. going than in better. right now. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it just had to happen at some point. At some point, I was going to crack. My my year of optimism on this podcast is slowly deteriorating. <laughs>
1: Um, one thing that we can pretty much guarantee is that Spurs will absolutely dominate in possession in this match. Oh, yeah. Can we agree on that. It's, it,
0: it's a fact backed up by facts.
1: Yes, it's going to be pretty bad. And but Bruce, he's always a wild card because he said he wants to play attacking football and, and against Arsenal for the first 30 minutes. We went out and went after him. But uh, I just don't think we're gonna.
0: You can't play attacking that. football without proper attacking tactics. <laughs> like, like I don't like. What does that even mean? Attacking? Uh, I can't. I can't even with Steve. I mean,
1: you literally cannot even.
0: I cannot even. Like I, I get you want to play attacking football, but you have to give your players instructions on like how to operate an attack for them to play attacking football. Like, you can't just be like, oh, hey, go out there and, and play to win. Like, what what does that do for the team? I'll give you the answer. Absolutely nothing. It results in a minus three goal differential. Like, who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, no one's no one's going to disagree with you on that.
0: Yeah. This might be our most listened to. Uh, I bet, I bet. Uh, what is it, Denver, Jord- Mile High Jordy is going to love this episode. <laughs> yeah. Just so if you liked it. My
1: my stats not, not a lot of stats going on here.
0: Not a lot of positive um,
1: ones. The last time we beat Spurs was when Mitro and Perez scored in the twenty sixteen. We won what was that?
0: <laughs> my my notification for tax match
1: text oh. message. Um getting that late night me, text. Mitro and Perez 2-1 win in 2016. That was the last time we beat them. Uh, we've lost one nothing in each match since. Uh, our streak of most Premier League games before a win. So since we've been in the Premier League, it took three games before our first win in 2017-18. And last year it was 11 games before we got our first win. The first time it's happened... Uh, yeah, the first since it, the first time it's happened before our third game that was 2012. We went over that last podcast, so um, so I wonder what it will be this year. Uh, there's some bad news in the stats. Mike Dean's the referee.
0: Oh god!
1: <laughs> so uh, we were 0 and three the last three matches that he took charge of. Uh, it was a two to one loss to Wolves. Oh, we were. Yeah, sorry, we didn't win any of the three. We weren't 0 and three. We lost the Wolves two to one. We drew Burnmouth two two, and we drew Brighton one one. So, um, but Spurs, I checked. Spurs supporters also hate Mike Dean because they don't have a good record with him either. Um, Five thirty eight. Predicting this match, they have. Uh, there's a little spoiler in this. They they aren't really predicting many good things for us. Um, Spurs have a 69% chance to win, a 20% chance to draw, and Newcastle with an 11% chance to win. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes.
0: Yeah. So,
1: (laughs) and I, uh, I'll go first. Okay. My prediction. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I think uh, Spurs is going to be c- coming in on a high, <laughs> for sure. Uh, they got a nice little point against Man City. As controversial as it was, it's still a point.
0: And they and, looked good the ma- the whole match, too. They looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we are coming in as one of four teams to lose their first two matches of the season. Um, it took a little while for Spurs to get going against a- Aston Villa in their first match. But this one's going to be bad. It's going to be ugly. Um, But we are going to score Spurs 4, Newcastle
0: 1. 5-0, book it. Son's going to have a brace. I mean, he's going to come back. He's going to come in the 60th minute and score two
1: goals.
0: 5-0? Yeah. No, it's going to be awful. there's, There's literally nothing about what I've seen on the field. So the pitch, excuse me. There's nothing I've seen on the pitch that has given me any sort of hope that Newcastle will be able to produce anything, um, like any sort of actual goal from open play or anything like that. Um, yeah, we had 20 good minutes against a Arsenal B team or whatever. Whatever. Cool. Sick. Blog about it. I mean, but there, there's nothing else that I've seen so far. And you're coming up against... Like, you went from playing a decent midfield, not even... Let's be real. You played from playing one of the weakest midfields in the Premier League, and you were up a man. You had a man advantage in the midfield, and you couldn't even win the midfield battle against Norwich City. What makes you think you're going to win the midfield battle against the likes of Ndombélé and uh, potentially Los Celso coming off the bench? I mean, dare I say it, Musa Soko? I mean, I, I just I don't I don't understand how Newcastle could even create chances or 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 not get nor not get five goals put past. I mean. Sure, I'll give the benefit of the doubt we've got Martin Dubrovka who saved Norwich from being 6-1. So, uh, yeah, sure, he'll be fine. But when he's getting 20 shots at him, he's bound to let at least 5 in. So, uh, yeah, 5-0. Book it.
1: One thing I will say is, you know, in your world, sans Emile Croft, they lose 5-0. In my world with Emile Croft, we lose 4-1. So that's two goal difference points right there.
0: So. Yeah, and I, in your world, the Cross will are responsible for two goals as well. So, I mean, and in my world, Javi Minkiel will only be responsible for one. And he'll probably, give, he'll probably do a stupid foul that should have been a red card. It might be, actually, because VAR. I mean, yeah, that's our only hope. VAR. That's that's what we got. That's the keys to the match, I VAR. I mean, Sun,
1: Sun is going to be playing on that side, too. So whoever's – let's just say this. Sun will be playing on that side. So whoever starts – whether it's Croft or Mankio, they're going to get destroyed. So. Or
0: DeAndre Yedlin. Just yeah. put him in yeah, on It doesn't crutches. matter.
1: Yeah. Even <laughs> even if everyone was healthy, it'd be the same. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and we are going to go to your questions right after this. Hey, Elijah. You ready for some questions? Mm. Yeah. We didn't get a lot of questions this time. What's up, y'all? I, I yeah. get I get that it's down. But you can literally – you don't even have to ask us about Newcastle United. Maybe, maybe next time, Elijah, what we can do is ask us a Newcastle question and then a non-completely unrelated question.
0: Okay. Someone's going to ask us like uh, – someone's going to ask – I don't even know what they'll ask actually. Never mind. <laughs> just let's just keep going.
1: All right. Uh, the first one from mile, at Mile High Geordie. He says, how do you wake up from a bad dream? Because this is a nightmare, right? Your advice, Elijah?
0: Uh, pretend like you're falling off a, a building. That's how like most yes, people wake up. that's what I
1: was going to say.
0: Yeah, there yeah. we go. If,
1: if, once you jump out of that building in your dream, you're going to like finally wake up. That's how I would do it. And yes, this is a nightmare. <laughs> this is definitely a nightmare. You, mm. This... Is, you know how you know it's a nightmare? Because Elijah isn't positive.
0: Yeah, and I'm in and, and I just had I had a good day. I we had happy hour at the office, had my fantasy draft, sipping a little of the old burb I'm yep. abbreviating bourbon, which doesn't even need to be abbreviated. Another I'm proof that's still that a mad. <laughs> I'm still mad. Yeah. yeah. I'm just
2: you, you I just upset. hate to see it,
1: Elijah.
0: Oh, I'm I do hate
1: to see it. No, it's it's certainly a nightmare. Um, yeah. Will Watson at Batman's Milkman. What response do you both want to see from the team and Bruce after the Norwich defeat? And what response do you both expect to see as what you want and expect will be two different things?
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, here's what I want to see. Some sort of tactical awareness some a plan just a plan like if Newcastle go out there and I can tell what they want to do as a team then I will be fine with losing 5-0 as long as I know oh Newcastle tried to play counter-attacking football like I couldn't even tell what style of football we've been trying to play the past two matches so that's what I'm hoping for here's what's going to happen this is exactly what's going to happen we're going to get five put past us we're gonna get a lot of players yelling at each other, frustrated, like angrily. And then after the match, we're gonna get Paul Dummett, Jamal Lascelles, um, Matt Ritchie. Um, let's see who else is probably gonna say Sean Longstaff. He'll probably play, and Isaac Hayden. All saying we need to do better as a team. Um, we really gotta pick things up. We gotta gotta make sure that we're doing things. We gotta we gotta really work hard, and we gotta give it our all. They're gonna say stuff like that, and we're gonna say we're gonna eat it up as Newcastle fans and act like. That Tottenham match didn't happen. There you go. It's you're literally put five pounds on it. It's gonna happen, just like that.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. So what I want, yeah, you you bring up very good points about just seeing a direction. That that is so important right now for us, and because yeah. we we got so spoiled with Rafa, they're like you. We were so like aligned that team. Spoiled spoiled to the point where people were mad. Like, it
0: was like, mm-hmm. it, it's like, you, oh, what are Newcastle going to do against top six teams? You knew exactly what the game plan was going to be. It was going to be bunker and take take those counterattack opportunities, at, at, like, when you can. And people were mad about it, but at least there was a plan. And now you go up against the top six team, and what's the plan? Oh, I don't know. You can't even be mad. You're just like, uh, like what am I supposed to be mad about? I can't be mad about our tactical plan because there is none.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so what I want to see is I want to see at least one of our new signings score, and I'm including Almiron in that. And then, oh wait, you did you predicted five nothing, so Almiron's not going to score in this one.
0: He's not. He's not.
1: Wow, I no didn't realize the significance. Yeah, it's a big of deal. Your score until just now. That's, that's
0: how unoptimistic that's, I am about Newcastle.
1: <laughs> at my high, Jordy it. Confirmed nightmare. Um, what, at my so house, Jordy what,
0: has drained all optimism out of me. Him and Graham, I've just after talking to both of them, I just don't have any optimism.
1: They have points though. No, they have <laughs> such good all points. To They've been onto something. Um, so at Batman's Milkman, so what I want to see was is that just wants just give me a, a goal from a new signing, just prove that there was something there, and then what I expect to see. I just expect it like this is kind of like so cliche to do but like I expect to see the better team dominate and that's that's just simply it <laughs> um I'm sorry guys <laughs> i'm sorry I'm sorry about this podcast but it's we're doing this because it's it's needed and it's true it's true elijah
0: I mean uh, yeah sure
1: all right you have anything else? Yeah,
0: um, Greg, who do you think so far, we're two matches in the Premier League, who do you think has the least amount of goals conceded per match?
1: The least amount of goals conceded per match? Yeah.
0: No. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not
1: them. Spurt? Oh, no. Um.
0: Wait, are Everton even on this list? I have did, did Everton, Everton. I know is
1: the only Premier League team to have a shutout this year, so that's why I picked them.
0: <laughs> oh, well, the correct answer is Sheffield United. Point five goals conceded per match. Really? Yeah. Well, they're tied with like six other teams, but that doesn't
1: matter. So I'm, I'm probably right then.
0: Yeah, you're, you're definitely probably right. Everton's <laughs> probably there on some, somewhere.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. They've been playing, like, out of their minds since...
0: Yeah, since I mean, the, it, yeah, I think that's the annoying playing. thing to see, is that Brighton seem to have a system. I mean, it, Watford are, are terrible, so that's a, I guess that's a positive, is Watford look awful, Southampton don't look great. Um, but, like, the newly promoted sides at least have a system, and, and that's kind of frustrating to see, is that, like, Sheffield... Wait, yeah, no
1: it's uh, just to confirm it's definitely Everton they have yet to give up a goal
0: oh yeah no yeah it, it, it definitely was I just wanted to say Sheffield United was, <laughs> was good at defense it was a segue into this point of Sheffield have a clear defense Brighton have a clear system Norwich they say what you want to say about Newcastle and how poorly they played Norwich were creating attacking chances in their first match as well so I mean it, it's Newcastle have to step it up Pretty soon, and and to be fair, we'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt, Newcastle have, have played some tough teams, well, a tough team, and some of these other newly promoted sides haven't played the toughest of teams. And to be fair, I'd say there's about five teams in the Premier League that look like they're clearly going to be in a relegation battle throughout the entire season, um, maybe six, six or seven possibly, so I'm not saying Newcastle are going to get relegated, but I'm saying if Newcastle don't fix something soon, I, I can't see us either, you know, lasting until January with Steve Bruce or or even staying up uh, if Steve Bruce stays the whole, the whole year. So I, I don't know. I mean... I mean, there's that whole rumor that NBC Sports uh, – shout-out to NBC Sports for just uh, – uh, not even a shout-out, but, like, can you guys do some research? Does it even make sense that Newcastle could be put up for sale if, if they're in trouble, um, if they're near the relegation zone in, in January? H- have we not learned anything from Mike Ashley?
1: Yeah, I mean, he- and, and their source <laughs> is literally uh, from Mark Douglas on a podcast. <laughs> Oh, gosh. That... If, if you read if you read the article, that's their news. That's where they got it from.
0: Man, that's a it's disgrace. It's Mark Douglas on
1: his, pod, on his podcast. Oh, man.
0: I mean, I love Mark, but uh, come on. Friend I of wouldn't... the pod, Mark. Yeah, on the pod, too. Uh, All right. I don't think there's anything yeah. else I have to say. I
1: mean, I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, you're disgusted at this point. Uh, All right. I'm let's, sick let's to let's my stomach. Let's close this one out. That concludes episode 77 of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host and most frustrated co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this beautiful sound behind you, or in your ears,
2: is Coming Home Newcastle.
1: Mm. And the Last.
2: Love you the dark at St. James's Park If the gallery gets end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jodie land Some people think we're forty And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough because the people in the big fat city haven't had it half as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'll walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River dine. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away i would kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying her away I'm coming home Old blind busker who stands at Fennec's door. He plays a mean accordion. You've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes. There's so many famous names like Linda Swan and Gaza, Brendan Foster and the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd work the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home. Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park At the Gallagher and in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother seen hey, how are I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog in St. James' Park At the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home